You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki joins me to get ready for the final week of the Jets preseason, talk lines and deep pairings, plus another edition of Bold Predictions. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's go. October's here and just one more week of preseason hockey before we get to what really matters, the regular season. We're almost there, folks. Tons to get to as well with the Jets roster starting to take shape and just over 10 days away from the action finally kicking off. So we'll get right into it here and kick off the weekend style. And to do so, thought I'd bring in some of the big guns over there at CJOB. My brother, broadcaster Tyson Rewicki has stopped by to join us for today's episode. Tyson, what is going on, my man? Oh, not too much. Just enjoying some Monday night football right here. And uh, I'm just happy to be back again. Love coming on. Well, you know, before we get into the roster and the lines and the parents and everything like that, and we're not going to touch too much on the game itself Saturday, but I am I'm intrigued to to get your perspective on this because I, I know what it was like back in the day. Uh, working with with 1290 and when there was some kind of like topic du jour surrounding the Winnipeg Jets right now but what's the like what are the conversations like when you talk with people around the office when it when it comes to Brad Lambert because everybody in Winnipeg is just like they're having the time of their lives I I've been the self-proclaimed conductor of the Lambert Express going back to before the preseason starts so I'm looking like a genius right now but I'm just curious like when you you talk with everybody there whether it's whether it's with you know Big Rig JT or Kelly Moore or anybody else that that's kind of in and around there like what what are some of the what are some of the professionals saying about what this 18 year old kid is doing at training camp right now well there's almost there's almost a loss for words it's hard it's really hard to imagine how he dropped all the way to 30. I mean, there is, that's what you're seeing is a reason why he was a top five projected pick going into this past season. And yeah, it's just excitement. It's, it's awesome to see these guys. It's awesome to see a prospect 
really show his potential in one of these preseason games and show what kind of player that he can be in the future. I mean, I think with Brad Lambert, there's going to be some hiccups, obviously. He's not, I mean, we know there won't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe they won't be after watching that, that game on Saturday. I mean, he was absolutely dynamite. Like he just, the way that he's able to make those plays at high end speed, there's not a lot of guys in the NHL that can make plays at that high of a speed with that much control. He was just slipping the pucks through D-men's feet and just blowing by them. And these, I mean, it wasn't the best, it wasn't Edmonton's best roster, but there was some solid NHL D-men on that, on that lineup. And it didn't seem to matter, especially just to show that, and especially seeing how much trust bonus put into him in that three on three overtime. I think he had three shifts and man, like, with that open ice, you really see the skill just oozing out of him. Well, I, I mean, that one shift in OT where – what, what's kind of funny, too, just with – I don't know if he's going to go with 47 for, for the rest of his career or, or whatever, but when, when he came in there and pulled in right after the blue line and you just kind of see the the seven at the end of his jersey there, where you're not like, oh, Nikolai Ehlers is coming in the zone here. Oh, here go. Oh, wait, that's Brad freaking Lever, right? Like, there's – there's a lot of Nikolai Ehlers to, to Brad Lambert's game and he's got, you know, a couple of inches and, you know, by the time he's in his mid twenties, he'll have about 10 to 20 pounds on, on what Nikolai Ehlers is like right now. I mean, the future is so bright for this kid. And I said it at the time that if the jets picked Lambert at 12th, I think it would have been a home run pick for them to get him at 30 is, is beyond ridiculous. I saw a tweet that said, I believe there is either five or six first rounders from this past draft still with their teams at camp right now. And Brad Lambert is one of them. And the other kids are dotted in and around the top 10 there. Like there's, there's no, nobody else in the tens to twenties. It's, it's Brad Lambert. And if you've seen anything coming out of Montreal lately, Lambert's outperforming Juraj Slavkovsky right now. Like they're having a little bit of a crisis with what the kids showed in preseason so far. So he's outperforming, I don't know, everybody not named Shane Wright, but like may, maybe everybody right now. It's just, it's, it's, it's going to be so interesting to see what happens with him over the next week and then just throughout this entire season. But, but I mean, it was the story of the night, no doubt about it. And Brad Lambert's going to get a chance or two to make this maybe the story of the entire preseason in the NHL. Oh, 100%. And just, I, I saw a tweet as well from Spinorama Hockey. How awesome is that Andrew Kopp trade turning out now? <laughs> You've gotten Morgan Barron and the two picks that you got from the Rangers turned into Brad Lambert and Elias Salmonson. I mean, geez, that's a pretty big haul for a guy that the Rangers lost only had for a year and a half. And have you seen Salmonson lately? He's looking. He's no, you haven't. No one's. I haven't seen <laughs> World Juniors. Hey, you weren't watching the World Juniors this year? No, no, I didn't know the World. I didn't know they were on until it was like the bronze medal game or something. I, I mean, the kid, he's probably going to be a, a, a decent player. But I mean, it, I, I like the day, the trade when it was Morgan Barron. And a couple of picks. And and then you throw in Lambert on top of it here. It's, it's, I mean, at the time, I thought it was one of Chevy's better moves. It might go down as like the absolute slam dunk all time Kevin Chevel day off trade. If, uh, if what we've seen from Brad Lambert so far continues to be the real deal here. Now, intriguing as well, and, and really the main focus of the episode and, and where everything is at right now, coming out of the latest practice for the Winnipeg Jets. 
because this was kind of our first real true glimpse with I think 16 cuts made yesterday about basically what we're going to see out of the Winnipeg Jets lineup for game one of the regular season here. There's going to be, you know, maybe one or two changes, but for the most part, what you saw yesterday at practice is what you're going to get. And with Dubois out due to a maintenance day, with Jansen Harkins out due to a maintenance day, up front, it's it's really intriguing. I don't anticipate it to stay, but it's hard not to look at. Let's just assume Dubois is in for Toninato, which is a fair assumption. It's hard not to get excited and see Perfetti, Dubois, and Lambert as a potential trio for the Jets going into this upcoming season. They're obviously Blake Wheeler taking line rushes in with the Shifley Ehlers Connor line there. We all assume Wheeler's going to be the spot that that fills it. But tell you what, Tice, with how well he's played so far, is is there maybe a possibility that that Lambert could sneak into that top six? And then that gives you a much more balanced top nine, maybe sliding Blake Wheeler down to play with Adam Lowry. And you have a third line of, let's say, Lowry, Wheeler, and Appleton. If Appleton shifts over to his offside, I, I don't know, it's... The crazy thing is the kid is making this an actual conversation about it, but what was your takeaway when you saw the lineup there? And do you agree, disagree with anything that Rick Bonus threw out there in the most revealing practice that we've seen for the team so far? Up front at least. I I love it. I love everything about it. I love putting because I looking at that lineup, I was starting to think I agree with you a hundred percent on sliding Wheeler down if Lambert is gonna make the team. Plus, he does have that nine con- nine game contract slide, so they can really test. They can really show what he's got in the NHL in those nine games. And hey, if it doesn't work out, plop him in the AHL and let him dominate down there, and let that Moose team get some good playoff experience because they're going to have a really good team this year. And having Brad Lambert on that Moose team, developing with a winning team—that's not to say the Jets aren't going to be a winning team either, but just having that that high level hockey being played with Brad Lambert there. I think that's a huge opportunity. And, hey, if he just takes those nine games and runs with it, then all of a sudden uh, yeah. a forward group that looked a little barren, just uh, no pun intended with Marcus nice. Barron. But, nice. <laughs> but if, they're able, if they're able to run that top nine, all of a sudden that forward group looks like a real strength. And you can play, you can play that Perfetti-Dubois-Lambert line against third lines because you can play the, that Lowry as a checking line. Shifley's line is obviously going to draw one of the top two lines. And I think that you can really exploit some other teams' bottom sixes if you're having high-end skilled players like Perfetti, Lambert, and Dubois just feasting on those bottom sixes. And Perfetti and Lambert showed some really nice chemistry like that. That tic-tac-toe disallowed goal. That is the best, the best disallowed goal of all time. <laughs> Honestly, like that, that was so smooth. And you would think those you think that was the Sedin brothers setting that up. Yeah. And it's guys who have been together for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, again, it's just crazy we're having this conversation, um, even though I kind of thought it might happen. But look, realistically, it's it's probably best for Lambert to play the entire season in the I mean, the WHL conversation is completely out the window now. I, I, I mean, he's proven that, you know what, he can handle his own against against the men and against the pros over here. In North America, it's just going to be, is it going to be at the NHL level or or the AHL level? But I mean, when you talk about what you're, what you're diving into, Tice, the trickle down effect is, it's pretty significant, isn't it? Because the top nine all of a sudden becomes a lot more balanced. 
the fourth line all of a sudden becomes maybe a borderline strength, right? Like you'd have, you would imagine Gustafson down the middle, one of Appleton or Barron dropping down to the fourth line with, with Wheeler coming down alongside Adam Lowry there. And then your pick between Menelainen, who's who's been great so far in training camp, Sam Gagne, who I think maybe has a little bit left in the tank still, right? right? Like that. that's why so many people thought of, if Chevy could find a way to bring in one more top nine forward, everything can start to slot into place a little bit here. If, if no one does assume Brad Lambert would be that guy, but, but if he, I don't know if he comes out in the next game uh, against Calgary on Wednesday, and we see more of what we saw these past two games out of him. I, I think you're right. Tice. I think you, I think at this point, <laughs> the kids earned it. Like he's earned a shot to get, at least a handful of games to start the season. And then you, you just kind of take it from there. And if he comes out and he's, he's on fire and you just, you get like a Sebastian Ajo type steal late in the first round, early in the second round, then you just, you know what? We hit a home run and, and there's nothing else we can do because the, the kid forced our hand here. It, it really would solve a decent amount of problems with, with this forward core right now. And what looked to be maybe an issue of weakness going into the year could all of a sudden, with with the help of an 18-year-old kid, find everything solved. And, and then you can maybe tinker with other elements, whether it's on the back end, maybe a backup goal, whatever it is, you can maybe take some of those assets and, and some of the salary cap space you have and, and push that to other areas of your roster instead of up front there. It, it, there's, a, there's a ton of intrigue with how how much this really can impact Brad Lambert's performance here, what that means for the Jets' composition of their entire team this season. Oh, I agree 100%. And not to mention, too, the Jets are one of the few teams that actually has some some salary cap remaining. There's going to be some interesting names on the waiver wire, and you can maybe pluck a guy or two off that, and you can really start to build a team that's forward group is now was a weakness coming into the training camp. And all of a sudden, you're back to a couple of years ago and thinking, oh, we've got a forward group that can really contend with some of the top teams. It's all gravy up front right now. Who would have thought? But big, bad Brad leading the way. I'm, I'm jacked, and I'm so excited to see what happens on, on Wednesday night. And the, the hype is going to go out of control in this city if the kid comes out there and lights it up. I mean, by light it up, I mean, you know, making him make a statement, continue to, to, to pop off the page, things like that. It's, I, I think he might be one, one big game away from solidifying at least a chance to play nine games for the Jets to start the year and maybe even a little more than that. It would be pretty tough to uh, deny the kid an opportunity if he keeps it up here. So exciting times up front, all optimistic, that cannot be said on the back end, judging by some of the reaction on social media with the defense pairs that came out at practice yesterday. I think mainly, once again, and I, I feel bad for the guy, honestly, because it's not his fault. He, he's getting put in these spots. But realistically, most fans upset with the fact that Logan Stanley, beside Neil Pionk on a pairing, leaving Sandberg and Hanela skating together, seemingly the odd pair out going into one of these last two preseason games here at the very least looks like Logan Stanley has the inside track for one of the seven defense spots and, and maybe even the inside track to a spot inside that six group of defensemen to start the year for Winnipeg. 
I mean, yay or nay, Tice, are, are, are you are you on board with the move? It's not like either of these youngsters have, have banged down the door so far this preseason, but public sentiment seems to be against it. What, what do you think? Well, I think you said it right there, too. I mean, they haven't done anything to kick the door down, and I think that's a big problem. And I, you would like to see some of those flashes of potential. And, yes, we've seen tiny, tiny bits of it so far this preseason, but really, Vili Hanola, I mean, that turnover last game, like like Bone said in his press conference, the forwards did kind of leave him out to dry a little bit on that zone entry. But you can't be trying to make that play if your forwards aren't looking. It's get the puck out from there. Yeah, you, you still will just shovel it up to the, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Lift a fight another day. Um, Dylan Sandberg, I'm a big fan of Dylan Sandberg, but he's, I've just, at best, I've just thought he's been meh. Like, I've just thought he's been, He's been there. He's made a couple decent plays. He's made some pickups. You'd like to see more out of those guys. And the the it, waivers come into play here. I mean, I think if you sent Logan Stanley down, he would 100% get claimed. So he's not going anywhere, obviously. He hasn't had the best preseason, but none of those guys have. And, you know, you just start to wonder, obviously, you're not going to sit him on the, they're not going to sit him up in the press box. Who, Stanley? No, the the two young guys, sorry. Oh, right, 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 right. So what do you do in that situation where, you know, these guys are kind of, they're kind of approaching that fringe level player. And it's like, we need to see more out of you. We need to see you push past that fringe onto the NHL side. And I, man, I, I, I'm just. Well, here's what, here's what you do, Tyson. What you do is you give Dylan Sandberg one of the spots inside the top six and Logan Stanley sits in the press box as your seventh defenseman for the next couple of weeks until an injury or poor play warrants a spot for him to be in the lineup there. And I, yeah, I mean, I would agree at that point, you know, Hanela, if, if, if he is the odd man out, go down to the AHL play, stay fresh. And then when you get a chance, you come up there. And I, I mean, I would, what, what I would even argue is that if I'm the Winnipeg Jets in that situation and Hanela comes in, for an injury or whatever it might be, you know, I think Logan Stanley is still the team's seventh defenseman in that scenario where Hainala would just get the call up and replace him and Stanley stays on the outside looking in. I don't want to sound too harsh, but I don't get how you could watch the preseason and watch last year and think that Logan Stanley's the guy that I want to go in ahead of Dylan Sandberg and Billy Hainala. I, I, I just don't see it. I agree. I, it's just it's not it's not there. Like, I, look, you're right. I think Sandberg at best is. I think Man would be would be pretty kind to him. He he's been underwhelming, no doubt about it. This preseason, Hanela, a lot of highs. He's great. He's been great inside the offensive zone, but there's been a lot of lows too. So it's there's a bit of give and take with Hanela's performances so far. I think for me, Stanley and. Kappa Bianco have been the two worst blue liners for the Jets in terms of actual contenders to make the lineup so far this preseason. Like, I I, I haven't seen anything out of Logan Stanley's game to go, yeah, you, you pair him with Neil Pyong. Like, like that, this this decision to me, it's it's nonsensical. Like, I, I just don't, I don't get how you can come to that conclusion, especially when, and I get it, so-so preseason so far. But Sandberg and Pionk performed extremely well together last season for a long stretch of games. And he proved not that he was a third pair caliber defenseman. I think Sandberg proved that he can be a guy you can rely on in your, in your top four. And I, I just don't get how you can 
with having watched the preseason so far, have Stanley leapfrog Sandberg for a spot beside Neil Pionk, let alone the discussion around, you know, Sandberg and Hanela potentially being in, in the AHL. Right. No, I, I totally agree with that. And I, I think that at some point you do have to see what you have in these guys. You can't just keep on yo-yoing them from the from the moose to the jets. It's just not, it's not good for development. And if you want to put, you get, you have to see what these guys are, because if they're not, if they're not in your long-term plans, then it's time to move on. It's time to extract value from those guys while they still had it, while they still have a pedigree. And it, like I, I, I wasn't necessarily saying that I think Logan Stanley deserves the spot. I'm more so thinking from the Jets perspective. I think to start the season that they're not, I honestly don't think I see Sandberg or Hanola in the lineup. Was, is that what I would do? No, I would like to see them. Yeah. But I just think that there's the experience factor plays a part with this new coaching staff and their viewing so far of these guys have not been great. Yeah, I, that, and I get that. That's fair. It's just to me, like if I mean, Hale is different because he brings such a different dynamic to the team compared like Sandberg and Stanley have similar play like they you kind of label them, quote unquote, shut down, stay at home defensemen. I mean, that, that doesn't, you know, totally grasp the entirety of their games, but you they're, they're similar playing styles. Hale is just a complete 180 on the on the other end of the spectrum there. And especially if you're looking to pair somebody with Neil Pionk, I could understand some hesitancy in, in putting Hanela besides Pionk, especially too when you consider the fact that Hanela has primarily been a right shot defenseman this entire camp, but it's clear they're they're trying to mold him to to fill in a spot on on that side of the roster. But if if it's just even Sandberg versus Stanley, I mean, come on, I I just don't get it. Like the floor of each player. Sandberg, I think, has a higher floor than Logan Stanley does. And ceiling-wise, it's not even close. Like, there's so much more potential with Dylan Sandberg's game compared to Logan Stanley. I, I just don't know how this is even a decision. I, I was This was, for the first time, shocked this entire preseason as to how the lineup came together here. I've, I've understood a lot of the other decisions. This one, to me, is 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 kind of baffling, and I think... I think it's a big time mistake. I think I think Logan Stanley too can be a team seventh defenseman. You know what you're getting out of him. He's a third pair guy, can kill penalties, be six foot seven, six foot eight, and and you can try to extract as much value out of him from from that spot there. And he can come in after being off the ice for three four weeks and and fill in in a pinch on your team's third pair. Um, but to to me, that's that's kind of the the maximum spot I would put him at right now. I, I just I, I yeah I, I I don't get it. I think it would be pretty disappointing to see him get a spot over Dylan Sandberg at the very least. But we'll see if maybe there's a move or two up Kevin Shevelday off sleeves, because I mean, all summer long we said there's a logjam at defense here. You got to move somebody. You got to move somebody. Well, there's just just over a week to go for the regular season here. We'll see um, ultimately what happens there with the blue line. But I mean, a lot of optimism up front, which is great. Hopefully that continues a little bit of uh, an upset Jets nation so far with how things have been uh, taken with the D pairs at yesterday's practice. But again, let us know on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewiki at Skates Plates Pod. What do you think? Should it be Sandberg? Should it be Hanela? Should it be Stanley as uh, the one defenseman there between the youngsters getting the spot inside that top six? What's your Twitter handle, by the way? Uh, it's Tyson Rewiki. So at, at Tyson 
R-E-W-U-C-K-I. Give Tice a follow if you haven't already. He tweets once a week, and it's always some wise, wise words, and I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll have some beauties once the regular season gets underway for the Jets. Um, speaking of beauties, a very popular segment last year, which Tyson was a part of and actually did very good as I went back and listened to the archives. Bold predictions. We're going to get to that in just a sec here. But before we do that, got to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. A massive deal on tap for you guys to take advantage of with the season just days away. New customers can bet $5 on any team and you get $200 in free bets if they win. So if you're talking about a matchup to take advantage of, whoever the Philadelphia Flyers are playing against, you just bet against them. You've got yourself $200 in free bets. It's that simple. I mean, what? why wouldn't you take advantage of something like this? Plus, if you want an even bigger payout on top of that, a reminder that DraftKings has same game parlays for you to cash out in on top of that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, last year, our bold predictions episode, Tyson, was a pretty big hit. A lot of people were were pretty jacked that we got into it there. Um, not a lot was right. <laughs> no, no we, we didn't get much right. The Coyotes are still in Arizona. The Coyotes are still, unfortunately, barely... <laughs> That was, but, but, that was the one that I was like, this one, I might actually hit this one out of the park. That was, yeah, that, I mean, I don't think any of us would have predicted that they would play in a college stadium that can barely fit more people than the, uh, the wreck in Selkirk, but <laughs> they found a way to do it. And they're staying in Arizona for one more year at the very least. Um, I was pretty bad. I, I did not get much right. If any. Um, you had, you had some bangers though. I was pretty impressed with some of your picks. Um, I mean, you had maybe the all-time worst one, which I said at the moment when you said yeah. Eli Tolvanen would score 40 <laughs> goals. And I don't think he even sniffed 40 points, let alone 40 that goals. Was, that was a bad, national was, hard one. I was, I yeah. was pushing for anything there. But that's, yeah, but that's okay. We're, we're switching it up a little bit this year because it is hard to try to pick a bold one for each team. And it, plus it takes forever. Um, but I will say this, Tyson did nail both the Flyers and the Jets prediction, which was pretty impressive. Uh, you said Elaine Vigneault would be fired. He was. I said he would win Jack Adams. He did not. Um, but you also said Paul Maurice would not last until Christmas. And you were correct. So very good job. I said Neil Pionk would be an all-star. Surprise, surprise. I was wrong yet again. So we're going to, I, this is my chance at redemption here. I've got a couple of beauties that I'm pretty excited about. Um, so let's get into that right now, Tyson. We'll start out East before we move into the West. Um, we don't have a ton of time either. So let's just dive right in. Let's start in the Atlantic division. For me, Tyson, everybody's in on the Ottawa Senators with the, the summer of, it's been hot Dorian summer so far out there in Ottawa. And everyone's saying this is this is their time to push for a playoff spot. Could they move ahead of Boston, Florida, Ottawa? My prediction will not battle either of those teams for a playoff spot. Instead, the Senators 
will battle the Montreal Canadian for last in the division. Wow. No, I'm, I'm, I, it might be wrong. It probably will be wrong, but I'm just not buying it all. Their goaltending to me is average to below average with Talbot now injured as well. Their defense stinks outside of Thomas Shabbat. And I'm just not sold on their forward core being there just yet. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I honestly think that Ottawa, while they made some really nice moves, they've got a bright future ahead of them. I just don't think they're quite there yet. I think they need one more offseason to really fine tune that roster. And a team that kind of fine-tuned their roster a little bit, added quite a bit of players, the Detroit Red Wings. I see them battling the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. Tyson! Tyson! And we get an ultimate goaltending collapse out of Matt Murray. Okay, well, that that's not so bold. Let's let's pump the brakes a little bit there. But Red Wings, Red Wings making the playoffs and facing Toronto. I can get down with that one. So so good one there, Tice. Sorry to cut you off, but we're we're running out of time on the Zoom chat. I didn't know that happened. Um, to the Metro Division, Jets fans will love this one. We get a 50-50 season. Wow. Patrick Line. Wow. Patrick Line goes 50-50. And challenges for the Rock and Richard playing beside Johnny Gaudreau. That is bold, and I love it. I, I, I that's going to be a great duo this year, and I agree. But I'm heading up. I'm going. I'm actually heading south down a little bit, uh, Metro, <laughs> and I'm taking the Carolina Hurricanes to win the President's Trophy. Nice. I think that Martin Nietzsche is going to have a huge bounce back year. That Brent Burns edition too. I think is going to be one of the home run slam dunk additions of this off season. He's going to put up numbers on that power play. And I think that Carolina Hurricanes are really going to show are really going to be a powerhouse this year and a threat in the East. I was going to I was going to say Slavin as um, Slavin to win the Norris as my other bold prediction there, because I love the birds trade as well. Let's move over to the Pacific Division for me. You know, I, I, I wasn't sure where to go here, but I feel pretty good about this. And I didn't really elaborate too much, but I put Vegas goes mental mental. And I think with the addition of Bruce Cassidy that the Golden Knights run away and hide at the top of the division and they clinch the division before we even get into the month of April. Tyson, have at it. I'm going the complete opposite way. And I mine, I wrote down Vegas crashes and bursts. <laughs> I think that this is going to be the year where all these salary yes. gymnastics all this stuff highly oh. connected up to them. This this hockey karma. The hockey guards are, are not going to be happy with the way they try to to uh, manipulate the system. And I think that I love we're it. See Vegas slip out of the playoffs again, and we see a full tear down in Vegas. Hey, they got Shea. Once Shea Weber comes off LTIR, <laughs> we'll see who's laughing. Uh, let's move over. We'll do a Jets one and then a Central Division one. So let's start with the Central Division prediction. I this is pretty stupid, but. I mean, whatever. Let's just, I, I, I'm a huge fan of his game. Adam Lowry said he was tough to go up against as well. So he's got my back. I'm going to say that Philip Forsberg leads the central division in scoring this year. Holy. Even coming off that big payday, he had, I think, 84 or 86 points last year. I'm going to say that Philip Forsberg takes a run at a hundy as the Predators. Maybe surprise some people with some strong play this year, but I'm going to say for I'm mean, mainly because Colorado Stanley Cup hangover, they don't care about the regular season as much. So I'm going to say Forsberg 
uh, pulls away from the pack and leads the Central Division in scoring. Um, I'm going to stay in, in Smashville as well, and I'm predicting that Nashville finishes with over 100 points in the regular nice. season and shows that they are this year's Minnesota Wild from a few years ago, and I think they're really going to impress a lot of people. They made some under-the-radar moves, picking up Brian McDonough, picking up Nino Niederreiter. Those are some; those are two high-quality veterans that I think are really going to push the, pre- the Predators in the right direction. Very nice. So we could both hit on that one there in the Central. Now, Tyson, time for the Winnipeg Jets. Bold prediction. Only a couple of minutes left here, which is too bad because I would love to dive into this one. I was positive last year with my Neil Pionk one. It's going to be a little more on the uh, pessimistic side here because I'm I'm not going to say playoffs, no playoffs. We'll do our regular season predictions uh, just before the year gets underway. But I'm going to say that the Winnipeg Jets make a blockbuster trade before the season ends and that it involves Mark Shifley going the other way. Wow. So I'm going to say that Mark Shifley does not end the season as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. I'm just, I'm not sold that this relationship has been mended all that much. And I do think that we see a pretty franchise shattering departure by 55 before this year comes to an end with essentially a year and a half left on his deal. Might have to get into that in uh, another episode here before the season starts. But quickly, Tyson, over to you, your Winnipeg Jets bold prediction. I actually left Mark Shifley out of my prediction as well for that very reason. (laughs) I couldn't commit 100%, but my bold prediction is that we see two-thirds of the Winnipeg's top line earn all-star nods and finish with over 90 points each. I think Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers are going to take that big step forward into almost superstardom. And I think that they're going to be the Jets new dynamic duo. And I think they put up major, major numbers this year. Very nice. Very. I mean, Hey, we've all been saying if, if Nikki gets the ice time, he's, he's going to follow Kyle Connor's pace last year. So I'm, I'm down with that one. I was also going to say Brad Lambert is a, a point of game player, but we said bold predictions, not just what is ultimately going to happen there. So I guess keep that in mind if, if you want to tango a little bit. I, I wonder how many people might give him a little run for the uh, the Calder Trophy, though. I mean, that I don't know what the odds are, but you could probably get some pretty tasty ones on Lambert to win the, uh, the Calder Trophy if you're so inclined. So maybe take a peek at that. Um, Tyson, thanks so much for stopping by once again. We'll have you on pretty regularly here as we move forward into the regular season, but appreciate your time today and why don't you give uh, old JT a big slap in the face for me when you see him next, okay? I, I will not do that. Yeah, career-wise, probably a, a smart move, but if you get the opportunity, just just maybe maybe give him a little love tap for me, yeah. okay? <laughs> Beauty. All right, so that'll do it for the episode here today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. I'll be back at it to close out the week breaking down that very important game Wednesday against the Flames before we get, I think, our final look, according to Rick Bonus at the Game 1 lineup for when the Winnipeg Jets do open the season next week against the New York Rangers, plus whatever else is going on in the NHL this week. Until then, though, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki with a guest appearance by CJOB's Tyson Rewicki. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll get back at it on Friday, everybody. Peace.